Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20-minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Hello and welcome to episode 292, edging ever so closer to the next huge milestone for Focus on Why, which will be episode 300. It's going to be another compilation episode like I did for episode 100, where I asked past guests, guests yet to feature on the show and loyal listeners to contribute their thoughts on purpose. And this time for the 300th episode, it's all about strength of purpose. If you would like to be on this episode, please let me know as soon as possible via my email, amy at amyrolinson.com or DM me on social media, LinkedIn or Insta is preferable. It's been a month since my last Reflections with Actions episode, and since then, I went on a three-day retreat called Be Love, run by Dr. Joanna Martin, the co-founder of One of Many. I am interviewing Jo next week for Focus on Why, and her episode will be released in September, just before that magical episode 300. Jo, along with two other trainers, Annie Stoker and Susie Heath, took me and 60 other women on the most incredible transformational journey over the three days. It was one of those experiences that you just had to be there to truly understand, as it's hard to put into words, mainly because a lot of the experience was felt through movement. There literally were no words. Is it possible to move and dance like you are at one with the world, where you feel as light as a feather, completely free as a bird? Yes, it is. And it is the most incredible sensation. Over that weekend, I moved and danced like I've never moved and danced before, completely carefree with a sense of deep connection and freedom. Before this, I've always needed a couple of glasses of wine to get me on the dance floor, but not this time. I was strutting my stuff and it felt absolutely fantastic. Movement of the body is essential to awaken all parts of you, to find balance, connection and to develop and enhance your self-awareness. Present to all your senses, you empower yourself physically, emotionally and psychologically. The theme of the weekend was to embody love, essentially to be love. But wow, what an experience. There were tears, there was laughter, there was disbelief, there was deep understanding, there was support and devoted listening. All of those experiences were found through movement of the body alone, through various meditation, dance and embodiment exercises. Music and movement combined to enable us to experience different powers within. Movement was used to heal, release and celebrate the past, present and future, to have fun and to experience the joys of what life has to offer. Connecting the brain with the body, drawing on what really matters to us. We focused on why. You can so often get stuck in your heads, but by moving the body, you get out of your head and involve your whole of your being. I had no idea just how powerful it would be to work with the body in such a way. And I'm a little bit sold to the concept, but only 100 percent. 
There's a reason why every contestant who enters Strictly Come Dancing says it's the best experience of their life. It's because they're moving their bodies in ways that they've never moved them before. They're expressing themselves in this beautiful and natural art form. However, you don't need to get onto Strictly Come Dancing to get moving. Choose some music which reflects the emotions you want to embody. Clear a space where you can move freely. Relax. Sway gently at first and listen to the music. Connect to the beat and to the rhythm and move your body to every note. Feel into it and enjoy it. Focus on movement. Now, I've just come back from a two-week stay with my family at my dad's house in France. And one morning, I was looking out of the bedroom window as I wrote my Friday Focus blog. If you haven't subscribed, please do. The link is in the show notes. And I could see the morning sun cast its light across the tops of the trees and the terracotta tiles of the roof of the bergerie, the sheepfold. I was in the heart of the Dordogne at my father's house and the intense heat had finally been ousted in the aftermath of a big electrical storm. The day before, I'd spent the day kayaking along 15 kilometres of the beautiful Dordogne River. In the searing 40 plus degrees heat, it was much cooler on the water with a gentle breeze on our faces. And as we were drifting along, I reflected on the importance of designing your own lifestyle. Lifestyle, your way of living, is achieved through your conscious design. Yet when I say conscious, how often do you stop to take stock of whether the lifestyle you have is a healthy, sustainable, fulfilling and authentic one? Remember, it is still a choice to live in a certain way, whether you are consciously aware of it or not. Over the last nine years, I've spent my summers in the Dordogne with my family. Our lifestyle has dramatically changed over this period. The first year we came out in 2014, John and I had both just started new jobs. Two years later in 2016, I realised that our lifestyle was not working that well for us and I had to make some immediate changes to plan for our future. After two weeks of reflection being out in the Dordogne, I returned to London and handed in my notice. I had a vision for our new lifestyle and it took me three years to lay down the foundations for the lifestyle that we now live and love. Since 2019, John has no longer been working a nine-to-five city job. He's much healthier as a result and we now have the flexibility and freedom to travel whenever we choose. Over the last 27 years, John and I have worked together as a team. I was able to step up when John needed me and now he's able to step up and look after the property business so I can spend my time podcasting and life purpose coaching. Our lifestyle has completely changed for us and it's all been possible through property investment, but planning. Focus on lifestyle. How about you? Are you happy with yours? What changes might you make today? And while you ponder on that one, let's dive into today's Reflections with Actions. First up is episode 287, It's Not All About Swearing with Mandy Barnett. Mandy and I first crossed paths through the Professional Speaking Association, where she heard me present a talk all about podcasting in Bristol. And then a couple of months later at the One of Many One Woman Conference. We were both together for the Be Love Retreat. And I invited Mandy on to focus on why, as her story is a powerful one and timely too, as she's just published a book about the incredibly misunderstood condition of Tourette's syndrome. As mother of two children with Tourette's and with a background in medicine and education, Mandy realised this was something that she had a unique perspective on. 
When the pandemic hit in March 2020, her daughter had to shield and Mandy became aware of a huge spike of cases of Tourette's syndrome being reported in the press due to the loneliness, sense of despair and being isolated from friends. With her practical guide, Mandy's aim is to provide help to parents of children with Tourette's syndrome in a post-pandemic world and to educate people that it's not all about swearing. Mandy said that it can be a positive part of who you are. A lot of Tourettes are now saying, actually, it's up to the rest of the world to adapt to us, not the other way around. We bring amazing qualities of creativity and ability and it's time for people to recognise that side of it and not just assume that we are in some way diminished. What started out as a lockdown project has become a significant resource for parents. Mandy realised that how as a family they dealt with Tourette's was not the norm. Lots of other kids were struggling, being accused of making it up or faking it, attention seeking. And Mandy said, it's not all about swearing. The swearing is down to misperception, a lack of understanding, and it reminds me of Hans Rosling's book, Factfulness, and how a lot of information that we function with is often not actually true. It's out of date or was not even correct in the first place. You use your inherent bias, which often guides you through your daily life, and you don't even question or second guess these daily decisions that you make. Your instincts, however, could actually be a distorted version of reality, so it's important to verify the facts. Perhaps you could give yourself and your knowledge base a regular audit and step back to reflect on what are the actual facts. How often do you rely on the words of someone else you either know well or don't know at all as the base of your everyday simple or difficult decisions that you make? What systems do you have in place to check the information from which you choose to make these decisions? I'm aware of the term majority when making a decision. Majority can be anywhere between 51 and 99%. That's a massive difference. And yet when you hear the word majority, you're being persuaded by the herd. Is that 51% or 99%? Either way, is the information you're being persuaded with true? I read Factfulness by Hans Rosling before the pandemic. And as a result of the content of his book, I challenged my thinking to focus more on evidence-based reasoning rather than the assumption that what I see hear or read being true. It's simple. Verify your facts. Like Mandy, Hans Rosling was a medical doctor. He was also a professor of international health and renowned public educator. He was an advisor to the World Health Organization and UNICEF and co-founded Médecins Sans Frontières in Sweden and the Gapminder Foundation. His TED Talks have been viewed more than 35 million times and he was listed as one of Time magazine's 100 most influential people in the world. He died in 2017, having devoted the last years of his life to writing the book Factfulness. Give it a read. It will certainly challenge your thinking. Next up is episode 288, The Person Behind the Story with Trish McGear. Thank you goes to Lisa Brown, my wonderful guest from episode 110, Why Not Me, for our introduction. A former mental health nurse who spent 15 years specialising in addictions and trauma, Trish McGear appeared to have it all sorted out, but behind the scenes, her marriage was ending and her finances were shot to bits. Starting over with a young child to support and working two jobs to make ends meet, the ongoing burden of debt took its toll and on a night when it became too much, Trish tried to end her life. This became the turning point and the catalyst for Trish's why. Her mission now is saving lives, one home at a time, and to do this, she first has to understand the person behind the story. Who is the person behind your story? 
It took 10 years for Trish to get back on track. She left the NHS to set up a consulting business and became a property investor. It's through her involvement in property that Trish has been able to use her experience to help people who find themselves in the same position she was in. A believer in how pivotal moments shape us, Trish set up Reposition Rescue Network UK to educate property professionals and improve standards of care for homeowners who face losing their homes. Through the Repossession Rescue Pledge, she's passionate about helping distressed homeowners break free from the despair of debt so they can move on with their lives. Divorce, repossession, debt, just one of those would be hard enough to face, but to have a combination of all three was enough to tip the balance for Trish. She thought everyone would be better without her. She spoke of feeling guilt-ridden, desperately unhappy and struggling with huge imposter syndrome. A believer in pivotal moments, Trish's why gave her vision for a future of her living, of helping, of transforming her own life and those of others around her. She found her cause to support in life. People around her suffering in plain sight, yet hiding their struggle, hiding their pain and keeping up a positive facade just as she had been. Trish now focuses on what is going on behind that facade. Who is the person behind the story? No more hiding in plain sight, encouraging people to reach out for help, to remove the fear, the guilt, the shame that prevents them from taking action and moving forward. People's negative relationship for money is often at the root cause of their story. As a life purpose coach, I help people to work on their money mindset and I use timeline therapy to help shine the light on the five key emotions, anger, sadness, fear, guilt and hurt. Timeline therapy is a process or technique of using your timeline of memories to reframe any negative emotions attached to a memory or group of memories around a subject. The result of doing this is that it will no longer negatively impact your life going forward. Using this technique allows you to disassociate yourself from a memory to enable you to reframe it and put those negative emotions linked to it into context. Timeline therapy as a technique often surprises my clients in its power and instant effectiveness. If you'd like to work on reframing your story, identifying all the positive learnings of past negative events, then reach out and book in a free coaching call with me via the Calendly link in the show notes. Next up is episode 289, Courageously Imperfect with Richard Stone. My goodness, what an episode. I did not know where the conversation was heading and it switched in so many different directions. Respected for his extensive expertise in business, construction, leadership and management and unrivaled commitment to personal development, Richard is a highly regarded coach, mentor and sought after public speaker. Living with an invisible illness and with a passion to support the learnings of others, particularly young people, Richard demonstrates how to be courageously imperfect. As well as successfully mentoring employees, Richard also works with other business owners to help them maximise their profits and regain time and has become known for his ability to dispense valuable, no-nonsense, insightful advice. So what does courageously imperfect mean to you? I think it would help to dissect the two words. So let's first look at courage. Courage is a virtue that has been sought out in many different forms over the millennia. You may recognise courage as an act of bravery at the risk of danger, bodily harm or death. But what about the other types of courage? Courage shows up everywhere in your everyday life. There's physical courage where despite facing fear, you still decide to act and demonstrate resilience, strength and bravery. 
There is emotional courage where you follow your heart and are likely to face a full spectrum of positive emotions as well as facing negative ones too. Moral courage is where you stand up for what you believe is right and involves ethics and integrity. Intellectual courage requires you to step outside of your comfort zone and be open-minded to challenge your thinking and risk-making mistakes. Spiritual courage involves faith, a sense of purpose and meaning, either with or without a religious framework. And finally, there is social courage, which involves being authentic in the face of adversity, risking social embarrassment, exclusion, rejection or unpopularity. Courage is clearly a complicated matter and it may take you time to develop courage in the variety of all the forms it appears, which is why courage is regarded as the secret to freedom. Thucydides said, the secret to happiness is freedom and the secret to freedom is courage. Many guests on Focus on Why have shared how they have been courageous and what it has taken for them to find courage. For Madeline Black, back in episode 155, she said that courage is contagious because it was hearing somebody else speak that really made her think if she could do that, then she could share her story too. Shut down by shame, it took decades for Madeline to find her voice and be heard. Now Madeline is the voice for the voiceless, speaking for those who aren't yet able to find their voice, and in doing so, she encourages them to speak up. Known as a courage cultivator, Madeline's voice is her power and she believes it is her duty, her purpose, to use it on behalf of people to help shatter the silence. I remember being told by my art teacher as a 13-year-old to have courage of conviction. She encouraged me to trust my intuition, to have the confidence to do what I believe was right. In that moment, in that classroom, that exchange of words changed my life. Vulnerability begets vulnerability. Courage is contagious. Brené Brown. In your vulnerability lies great power and strength, the power of courage to stand up and be counted. It's true, courage is contagious. Today, I continue to be courageous in my art and in my work. It took courage for me to launch this podcast, to put my voice out there, to reach out to invite guests onto the show, to ask them questions, to continue. It takes courage to take that first step. Have the courage to assess your life and understand why you do what you do. Show courage of conviction and take courageous action. Dale Carnegie said, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. What form of courage do you seek? What will you do today that requires courage? And that brings me on to the second part of courageously imperfect. What does it mean to be imperfect in a world that idolizes and seeks perfection? It's taken me decades to realize that perfection is not attainable or even worth attaining, that good enough is much more sustainable, that perfection, in essence, doesn't really exist. It's a fictitious state that we create as individuals, a subjective perception that we aspire to achieve, but is impossible to measure objectively. It was Winston Churchill who said that perfection is the enemy of progress. It's true. Perfection is an inhibitor of our creativity. Voltaire said, le mieux est l'ennemi de bien, translated as meaning the perfect is the enemy of good. In striving for perfection, you restrict your work, restrict your thinking, restrict your doing, your being, your feeling. Perfectionists suffer from high levels of anxiety, lack confidence, never content with their work and equate any imperfections with a lack of self-work. We all make mistakes. That's what makes us human. 
It is not seeking of perfection that's the issue so much as not valuing our imperfection and how it can serve and teach us so much more. Like Trish McGear, Richard Stone spoke of what is behind the facade of what's really going on for people, that it is okay to share the struggles. It is okay to share the imperfections, as in doing so, we show a vulnerability, a human vulnerability that opens us up to connection to enable others to help us when help is needed. Richard asked the question, on a scale of one to 10, how are you feeling? My goodness, this question works wonders. I've used it in my own life and it has led to incredible, powerful conversations. Try it. It opens up the opportunity for others to be courageously imperfect with you, to allow them to reveal what is really going on. So what happens when you combine courage with imperfection? You have the permission you need to be fully human, to be fully who you are, to be you. No facades, no imposter syndrome, no armour, just you. Enjoy being imperfect. It won't stop you from achieving your desires. In fact, it will likely take you closer to them. Embrace being courageously imperfect. My penultimate reflection with action today is episode 290, Personal Development Mastery with Aki Karamidas. Again, another kind introduction to Aki came from Adrian Hales, my guest from episode 123, Follow Your Path. Once shy, reserved, and someone who wouldn't speak up for himself, what started out as curiosity soon became a passion as the spark inside Aggie Keramidis came alive. After serving in dentistry for more than 20 years, Aggie's mission is now to inspire his podcast audience to stand out and take action towards the next level of their lives, a very similar mission to mine. Aggie embraces a completely different way of living his life as a podcaster and knowledge broker and is on a lifelong journey of personal development mastery. Now, this is a second long conversation that Aggie and I have had as he kindly invited me on his show recently in episode 232 of his podcast, Personal Development Mastery. Both relatively new to personal development, Aggie and I have been on a steep learning curve over the last six years, albeit an incredibly enjoyable one for each of us. Considering myself to be late to the party of personal development in my early 40s, I threw myself fully into it and have consumed hundreds of books, been on courses, retreats, invested in coaches and mentors, self-studied and worked to gain many qualifications. It has been and continues to be transformational work, not only for me, but also for my many life purpose coaching clients. I've been consciously working on my own personal development for six years now, and it is a journey that will take me my entire lifetime to master. However, with the pursuit of mastery comes great understanding, a wealth of experience and an evolution of transformation, not to mention all the fun and fulfillment along the way. When focusing on values, purpose, fulfillment, joy, significance, contribution and collaboration, you switch from living a life where you are just filling in the moments to living a fulfilling life. It is quite simply life-changing and life-enhancing. The books Aggie mentioned would also be in my top 10, instrumental to my progress both personally and professionally. The One Thing, The Compound Effect, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and How to Win Friends and Influence People. My reflection from Aggie's conversation was when he mentioned a key phrase, most people know what to do, but they don't do what they know. And I'll add another layer to that. To know what to do and not to do it is not to know at all. People don't do things they need to do because it is hard to make that necessary change, that change of habits or at times a mastery of the mundane. 
The foundations of great self-leadership are formed on the application, tracking and measurement of daily habits. Jeff Olson says it in his book, The Slight Edge, successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Remember that it will come in handy many times throughout life when faced with a difficult, tedious or tough choice. Take responsibility for everything. All winners are trackers. Track everything you do, spend and make adjustments where necessary. What you do matters. What you do every day matters. The journey starts with a single step, not with thinking about taking a step. And this is why these reflections with actions are so key. It's all very well reflecting on what you hear on this podcast. However, unless you follow it up with an action, nothing will happen. Nothing will change. It is the daily habits, decisions and choices that we face every day that make a difference to how we shape our future. Einstein said that compounding is the eighth wonder of the world and the book The Compound Effect is based on the principle that decisions shape your destiny. Your future is what you make of it. Little everyday decisions will take you either to the life you desire or to disaster by default. In fact, it's the smallest decisions that shape our lives. It is a principle of reaping huge rewards from a series of small, smart choices. These small, seemingly insignificant steps completed consistently over time will create a radical difference. It's a simple formula. Small, smart choices plus consistency plus time equals radical difference. James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, said, Your life today is essentially the sum of your habits. How in shape or out of shape you are, a result of your habits. How happy or unhappy you are, a result of your habits. How successful or unsuccessful you are, a result of your habits. Don't underestimate what you need to do to create your new life. The secret to overnight success takes years of hard work. It takes time to create something great. It was John Hayward, the 16th century playwright, who said, Rome was not built in one day. James Clear went on to add, but they were laying bricks every hour. Rome is just the result. The bricks are the system. The system is greater than the goal. Focusing on your habits is far more important than worrying about your outcomes. So Rome wasn't built in a day and neither is your life. It takes time, patience, knowledge, successful habits, systemization, enthusiasm and positivity. It requires action to be taken every day to achieve your goals. Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. You have the power to change your life by changing your choices. Your choices shape your actions until they become habits, where practice makes them permanent. Your daily habits can work for you or against you. Small, imperceptible changes compound over time. Take the opportunity to look at your habits and make those changes that will change the course of your life. Start small. Focus on making small changes in your life, knowing that if you focus on just one thing each day as a minimum, that action will take you closer to achieving your goals. That is why knowing your purpose and having a plan are so crucial. Otherwise, there is no map, no direction, no focus. And as I said, the difference between those who make success, achieve their aims or their purpose and those who do not lies in the fact that successful people are willing to do what unsuccessful people are not. They keep going because they've got that plan. They've got a purpose and they build successful habits and they keep them. So remember, Rome wasn't built in a day. Build your Rome, one small habit at a time. Carpe diem. You've all heard the fable, the hare and a tortoise, slow and steady wins the race. But how did the tortoise win? The tortoise was more successful by moving slowly, steadily and continuously, not like the hare who overconfident dashed around in short bursts and took a long break. 
Perseverance beats speed. You don't need to be the smartest or the fastest to succeed. Application of consistent, positive daily habits will make you a winner, just like the tortoise. My final reflection with action today is on episode 291, Sense of Wonder with Ricky Locke. With an extensive background in retail leadership, colleague development and training, over the last 15 years, Ricky has been on the front line in one of the UK's biggest retailers, performing, serving, studying and putting into practice a simple formula of how to unlock the best version of himself, his team and his businesses to achieve extraordinary results. Through his own experience and amazing adventure, he now wants to help inspire others to unlock their full potential and live an extraordinary life. Award-winning magician of the Magic Circle, host of the Unlocked podcast and professional speaker, Ricky understands the importance of building a strong connection with his audience. Through his own enthusiastic pursuit of curiosity, Ricky will enlighten, inspire and transport you from one world to another. With values of fun, flexibility, freedom and family, Ricky treats every day as a gift and will always bring you a sense of wonder. Do you have a sense of wonder of the world? A sense of magic? I recall every year as a child, closing my eyes, taking a deep breath, making a wish and blowing out the birthday candles on my birthday cake. What was the wish? I wouldn't share it as a kid as I was told that if I did, it wouldn't come true. I will share it now though. It was that I wished to be magic. Now I understand though, that there is so much magic to be found in life, in so many different ways than I believed as a child. I just wasn't seeing it. Magic is found in how you embrace and experience life. Ricky said the present is a gift. The past has brought us to where we are now and that's actually just living in this moment. That's the real magic, isn't it? Yes, Ricky, it really is. Stop filling in the moments and do things which are fulfilling. Wake up from sleepwalking through life and consciously design your life and work to be fulfilling. Ricky and I talked about smelling the roses, both metaphorically and for me, physically. It's about gratitude, recognizing what you already have as opposed to what you lack, about living in the moment, taking responsibility for your actions. I'm on a personal mission to help people stop filling in the moments and to create moments that are fulfilling. Having personally spent so much time on autopilot, I want to show others just what is possible and help them to reach their potential, to have that life of purpose and meaning. Living each day becomes your legacy, Learning from the past and carving your path for the future shaped by how you spend each moment of each day. Without choosing to leave a legacy, you may lack a sense of purpose or meaning in life. So what legacy will you create today? Take time out from your busy daily life to reevaluate what is truly your life course and whether you've drifted off course. Every one of us has the power to affect change. First, self-reflect and challenge yourself to be selfless and be motivated to help others. Meaning in life is what you choose to make of it. You have a choice. Life is all about the people you meet and the concepts that you create with them. What we do together today will shape the way we live tomorrow. How do you want to be remembered? Are you aware of the positive impact you're having on the world? What magic lies around you hidden in plain sight? What rose will you smell today? And I'll close out today's episode by asking you one final question. Where is your sense of wonder? How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? 
please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.